You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, today is one of my favorite shows that we do every year. I'm excited. Are you ready to get into it? You know, I'm even more excited after looking at these guys. I oh, mean, yeah, it's a lot of this is one of the best undrafted free agent classes I think we've ever gotten. Yeah, so today we're going to be going over a few of the Cowboys' undrafted free agent signings. We're not going to touch on them all. Uh, we might be doing a show later next week to, to kind I of go over should. some of the guys we missed. But yeah. I've got a list of five guys uh, that I'm really excited about and I think could make an NFL roster, maybe the Cowboys roster, and could help maybe long term. So let's go ahead and get right into it. The first guy that I want to talk about is defensive lineman Daniel Wise. Now, if you were listening to the DallasCowboys.com draft show from about, what, Lane, in the fourth round, this was the guy that everybody in that room was kind of pushing for. Yeah. He fell out of the draft. The Cowboys, I believe that was their very first signing was Daniel Wise. Um, I love this tape. I'll talk about it in a second, but what did you think of the signing? Yeah, I mean, again, uh, the the idea that he was available to, uh, at the end of the draft was was surprising because I mean, even well before the draft show itself, there's been talk about him being a, a potential Cowboys draft pick, you know, for a, a long time. I mean, just basically, um, with you know, with the uh, the the hunt that they were doing with three techniques. Um, you know, in all the draft simulations you do, if you don't get that guy up early, a lot of people were looking at Daniel Wise as a possible uh, solution in the fifth or, you know, maybe in the fourth round of the second pick if, if they needed to. The fact that he was available as an undrafted free agent uh, is ridiculous. And, you know, I think there's the Cowboys felt like they probably had a pretty good shot with this guy because of um, his relationship his dad's relationship with Will McClay. Um, they right. both coached yeah. together at the Dallas Desperados. I think it was in 2007 or 8. Um, but this is a guy who, you know, his brother is in the, the league too, I'm pretty sure. Dietrich. Bro- Dietrich, yep. and his dad's yep. actually named Dietrich as well. Um, his brother is... <laughs> his brother's brother's a good player. Yeah, well, his brother's built like completely differently than he is, yeah. though. His brother's like this tall, like long defensive end type. Uh, you know, this guy Daniel is is you know very much the kind of three technique body. I mean, he's squatty. He's six two ish, two hundred and eighty uh-huh. pounds. Um, he's got long arms. Uh, you know, I, I, this is a guy who you know. <laughs> did you happen to do his mock draftable spider web? I did. Yeah, like, I, did I, you I do moved it, him around a couple different times. Yeah, like if you put him in athlete. Like the list of people that show up are is crazy. It, it's pretty ridiculous because because his body type is just so kind of different, you know, it's in his odd. athleticism. Yeah. So uh, and the, and the and the thing is is that he's kind of the opposite of what you normally would get from an undrafted free agent type, right? He's not the athlete that. Um, uh, well, wait, let me let me back this up. Normally, you get the athlete, the raw athlete type that doesn't have skills, 
right? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. This is the opposite. Like, this guy mm. is all skill set with a- athleticism um, that is it's there, but he has, like, zero strength to his game for a guy that's 280 pounds. So There, there are certain athleticism. Like, if you put him at, like, a, a interior de- defensive lineman, like, his, his broad jump, his shuttles are all fantastic. Yes. But he lacks the speed that you want, and he lacks the overall size and power that you want. Well, it, it, where it really has problems is that I mean, he wins with quickness and technique. Like, that's that's how he wins. Uh, but, the, but the problem is... Uh, and the reason he probably fell out is that he has it, it feels like he has very little core strength like everything from his neck to his crotch is basically right. worthless as compared to his twitchy legs and his you know and his arms hands which have good technique he needs to get stronger in the middle of his body because the other part of this this whole thing is that the dude has no balance like he, it, it, like if he gets engaged he gets knocked over basically mm-hmm. so um i think a lot of that can be fixed by just you know strengthening up that core uh, area and and I think that will definitely help with surviving what happens once he gets on the other side of the, of the line of scrimmage uh, and, and allowing him to make plays but I, I think to me this is a guy who his upside is going to come from when he upgrades his strength in an NFL uh, NFL you know locker room and, and I think uh, you know, he, this is a guy who gets off the ball quickly. I, I, I called him kind of a carry hider start, starter kit. It's perfect. And it's exactly the comp I had. Yes. That's, so that's where I got with this guy. Um, a couple of things I just want to add really quickly. Um, you'll love the production. Over the last two years, 28 and a half tackles for a loss, 12 sacks. Uh, he was a first team Big 12 selection in each of the past two years. Back to back team captain. Uh, so you know he's the right kind of guy that they're looking for. But again, when you look at his. His athleticism is not fantastic, but there's certain things that make you believe that in the NFL, he could become a maybe a rotational play- player. I tweeted out a couple days ago, and I actually sent it to you. Um, if you compare Daniel Wise's resume and athletic numbers and testing num- numbers to Draymond Jones, who went in the third round, who we are talking about as a potential second-round pick, they're not that different at all. In fact, I think you could even say that Daniel Wise has a little bit of edge. So... I didn't think they were that different of prospects. I kind of thought Daniel Wise could have went in maybe the early fourth round. Draymond Jones ended up being a mid-third round pick. I'll be honest. This is the, the player I'm most excited about because I can see him having a role in the Cowboys rotation. Maybe not this year, but maybe in 2020. I just think this is a good player that he finds a way to make plays despite having some some big flaws in his game. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't disagree. Like I said, uh, you know, I just I just finished watching the the draft show with Will McClay, and he confirmed it. They they took they came away with this draft class with fifteen guys that were on their draft board. When you include all the draft picks and all the undrafted free agents, they I mean that's incredible. That's Wise just has a, to be one of those guys in the draft. Yeah, no, no, board, no, no, right? no. He absolutely was. He was. They, they said okay. that he was like a fourth, four or five or something like that. So and I, and that's what I was just gonna say is I'm pretty sure that Wise. Uh, and or uh, Chris Westry were probably the, the highest rated guys that they got in undrafted free agency. You, you know, it's funny. You mentioned Kerry Hyder. Uh, that's probably the guy that Daniel Wise is going to have to be competing for or competing with for a roster spot, right? Probably. Kind of that yeah, inside I mean, pass rusher. He's going to have to show that he's got more there than Kerry Hyder. I mean, that's a tough That's a tough sell. I mean, Hyder's been in the league. He's He's, he's gotten eight-plus sacks before as a defensive end, defensive tackle. Uh, but clearly, I think they like that body type to yeah, try to play that should. kind of position. Yeah. 
And I think if it's close, I think the Cowboys will give the edge to Wise because he's younger. Uh, he's going to certainly be cheaper, and you're going to have him under control for two more years. So I, I have very, very little feel for what Hyder's production is going to be like. You know I, what I'm saying? I, he's like, just a complete gamble. I, I'm not yeah. counting on him to be on the roster, but would it completely shock me if he no, made a team and yeah. had four to five sacks? No. Absolutely not. It wouldn't surprise me if he was the you know starter at three technique. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like if, if he just came out of the gate and it was just dynamite as a pass rushing three technique and saw the first line of reps, you know, on passing downs, that wouldn't surprise me. But anyways, to kind of, I guess, put a floor on that or at least get some some uh, a redundancy at that sort of body type. It's it's good to see that they got a guy in Daniel Wise who eventually you know may be a better version of Kerry Hyder. When we're watching that meaningless fourth preseason game, man, there's going to be a lot of talent on the defensive yeah. line, right? Well, like, they're, 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 those games see, are going to be so much better now. Oh, like, I mean, oh, all the talent sure. that the Cowboys have up and down the board, all across the lines. You know, look, all these offensive linemen that they took. We'll talk about those guys too. But uh, you know, it's just they'll be able to function better. Oh, yeah, training camp is going to be fantastic this year. I can't wait. We're gonna see. You're gonna see in the fourth preseason game a, a defensive line of like Joe Jackson, Jalen Jelks, Kerry Hyder, and Daniel Wise, and it's gonna be so much fun. Those poor third string offensive line that we're probably gonna play against the Texans or whatever, they're gonna be in some trouble. All right, so we got done talking about a guy that had some great production and some subpar athleticism. Uh, let's do the opposite now. Let's talk about cornerback Chris Westry <laughs> from Kentucky, a guy with. Uh, Madden measurables. I mean, th- this is absolutely insane. <laughs> Six four and a half, one ninety nine, almost thirty four inch uh, arms, almost an eighty two inch wingspan, four three five forty, one five five ten yard split, thirty eight inch vertical, ten one broad jump. Uh, this is a complete moldable piece of clay. What did you think about this signing and his tape, Landon? Uh, I mean, you're not a fan of the uh, of the MCU, but uh, the, the first note I have is I am Groot. I mean, this guy <laughs> looks like Groot. I mean, he is so tall, and his arms and legs are so lanky. Like, it's crazy. So you, you put on the tape, and you just see him walking around. You're like, oh, my God, this guy's incredibly lanky and then he coils up in his stance and he looks good you know it looks like he it looks like it looks natural for him he's you know the, the quickness and the speed that that really do show up um on on the feet on the on the tape um he does it he didn't play a lot he wasn't a starter for kentucky i mean they had uh, you know bob stoops not bob stoops uh, mike stoops right mm-hmm. uh, he has you know a, a collection of six foot two six foot one plus uh, corners on that on that team and 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 a lot of talent and so I, I think this is a guy who if I remember correctly just as an Auburn guy originally um, committed to Auburn and right. I think Stoops ended up taking him uh, stealing him away so thanks a lot Stoops but um, I, you know I, I think I think this is a guy who you know look we talk about the way and I think this is the reason no one's talking about this anymore but the way that Isaiah Johnson was you know quote unquote missed out on and with that second fourth round pick eh. you you get this guy you get uh Mike Jackson uh I you know I kind of I kind of feel better about if you're talking about weighing hitting on one of these guys Isaiah Johnson versus Chris Westry or Mike Jackson I I definitely will take this route much more likely because I do think that probably one of these two guys is going to really figure things out and 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 
be really good. Now, with Westry, he wins with length and speed. He, he probably is not going to be a fit for a lot of other teams as a cornerback. I think most other teams probably would try to play him at safety. But yeah. I, I think, you know, for this team, at a cover one, cover three dominant team, he looks good going up the field. You're probably not going to outrun him, and you certainly aren't probably going to outplay the ball when it's in the air down the field if he's uh, hip to hip with you. Uh, I wouldn't want him trying to chase people necessarily across the field or keeping up mirroring with guys outside of a you know, cover one situation. Uh, but I think that you know, and I, I do think he needs to get more physical. Uh, that that's the other thing is that you know he absolutely when yeah. you see him on the field, he gets blocked way too easily by wide receivers. He could uh, stand to gain like ten pounds. Oh my god, least. he could stand to gain twenty five pounds. Yeah. Like I mean, he is very very thin. I mean, I, you know, my first thought was that you know he looks like a defensive end, and then when he turned to a side, I was like, oh no, he doesn't. Defensive ends <laughs> could not get on the field. He looks when like they a look giraffe like that. out there playing. He, he really, I mean, it's, he's all arms and legs. It's crazy. So, uh, yeah, I think that's that's where my thoughts on Westry, uh, a very, very nice multiple piece. Now, let's kind of be clear here. We, we don't think that – listen, I, I love Westry's tools, but we don't think that he's probably a guy that's going to compete for a spot on the 53-man roster, right? It's more likely that Jackson's kind of competing with himself for a spot. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you, know, uh, I, you know, it's tough. Yeah, I think he's very raw. So I can't imagine that he's competing for, uh, I mean, any kind of job. Maybe he's competing for a 53-man roster as an inactive guy because, I mean, he does have skills. And I don't know how quickly a guy like this could develop under uh, Chris Richard. He may develop very quickly. I don't know. But I wouldn't say that I'm expecting him to make the squad by any stretch of the imagination, no. Really, what his competition might be was with Donovan Alumba, a, a guy that yeah. I, I liked a lot last year. Maybe competing for you know that cornerback spot on the practice squad, right? So I, I you know I personally think that that Alumba is uh, ready to take another step. I mean, I think Alumba's maybe competing for roster spot. You know, potential trying to get some playing time. You know, if if the if you want to believe the hypes and where you know the trajectory of where he was, I before liked the level that. last year. I thought he was sure. good. He's younger. He's actually yeah, he almost a full too. year younger I, than West. I mean, he so. may be he may be ready for something more. So so who knows? I, I but I think it will be interesting to see how this all plays out for sure. But again, look at we, the top four corners are set for this year, right? You've got Byron, Chidobe, Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis. The next three is going to be a lot of fun to watch between Michael Jackson, Donovan Alumba, Chris Westry. So we're going to get some some quality competition at the back end of the roster. And we're losing all these guys, too. I mean, you got to remember Anthony Brown uh, and, and right. Byron Jones may not be long for this team. Right. Um, all right, good. Uh, I'm excited to see Chris Westry because you just you never know. Um, that's, that's a complete Chris Richard project. Um, let's move on to the two receivers the Cowboys signed. And we can kind of lump those guys together. Uh, John Bay Johnson from Toledo and Jalen Guyton from North Texas. Uh, Guyton is the fantastic athlete. Uh, at his as pro day, ran a four three three at two hundred and ten pounds or something like that. Six foot two hundred ten pounds. I mean, 89th percentile athlete. Just j- again, kind of like Chris Westry, but on the offensive side of the ball. And John Bay Johnson, I liked his tape quite a bit. I thought he was a, a good player at Toledo. Maybe the second best receiver on that roster outside of. Uh, Deontay Johnson. What did you think about these two players? 
well, I, like I mentioned before, I didn't get a ton of chance to watch as much of John Vay Johnson as I want, but what I saw of him, like he's he was lights out as well. Uh, I think he's a little bit further developed than a guy like Jalen Guyton. Um, Guyton's an interesting guy, though. Um, Guyton is a guy that, you know, originally was recruited. I think he was a four, three or four star recruit uh, coming out of high school, committed to Notre Dame, um, was in, I think, the same freshman class as Equimania St. Brown. Yep. And I think one more. Uh, uh, oh, Miles. Miles. What's his name? The, the guy that just got drafted. Miles uh, Boykin. Miles Boykin from Notre Dame. Yep. So um, and, and uh, at one point was considered to be the jewel of that of that group. Um, something happened, still have not been able to figure out exactly what it was, but he was very abruptly uh, basically dismissed for the team for vi- a violation of team rules. Uh, spent some time in some in a JUCO, ended up back in North Texas, which is, he's from Dallas. He's from Louisville, if I remember correctly. Um, so he ended up coming back to North Texas, where which UNT, um, and, and uh, that's where he finished up his career. And when you watch him, like, you know, he he looks out of place. <laughs> like, right, he, right. He, he looks like he's, like, why, why is this guy in the middle of all this? <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's fast and quick, which is fun to watch. I mean, he can really, really open it up and run down the field, but he can also separate, and, and he's a very easy, very, very easy mover. Um, you know, he's he's very raw, uh, but I would say that this is a guy who has been playing high, wide receiver since all throughout high school and throughout college, so it's not like this is a position change level of raw. This is, you know, a guy who basically knows what he's doing, looks like a, a, an NFL wide receiver, so you don't need to, like, put him in a weight room or anything. He just needs to really, really refine all these techniques, which uh, that's... Uh, what I love picks is when the Cowboys leverage their their... You know, positional coaching staff guys, and I think the, some of the guys that they really rely on, and you, you see it here, they they're willing to take more, slightly more raw players uh, uh, that they believe that their coaching staff will coach up to get you know get them where they need to be. When you got a guy like Sanjay Lal uh, bringing in athletes like John Vay Johnson and, and Jalen Guyton. Uh, to come in and refine their route route running. I mean, just I remember watching them last year, uh, watching Law last year break down everybody's game. Like they didn't even touch the football. I think for the first week of practices or something like that. I mean, it was right. you know they're basically breaking it all the way down. And I can't wait to see what he can get out of a guy like Jalen Guyton and a guy like John V. Johnson who has very similar speed. I mean, he's he's a little bit small. He's under six feet. Uh, very similar speed to Guyton. Um, Despite his size, is probably more of an outside guy. Yep. Uh, Play the X receiver for Toledo. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see very many snaps of the of him on the inside, but that also may be because Toledo had fan, three fantastic wide receivers, uh, and they maybe just be playing to each one mm-hmm. each of their strengths. So, but I do think that you know, for a, a smaller guy, he definitely can handle the business outside. Uh, I think there's some um, Golden Tate to his game to a certain degree. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, six six eight three comb. Yeah, that's that's the part of the Golden Tate, I guess. That I mean, if I remember Tate is just electric, you know, 
moving around the field and, and that's that's there's an element of that so right. uh yeah you, you need to tell me more about your thoughts on john v. johnson because i'm actually interested to hear what you have to say on well, both I, these guys i, I can kind of give a, a broader perspective on this i think what happened last year is we both like sanjay law a lot as a wide receiver coach some of the guys that were at the bottom end of the roster that he was trying to coach up just didn't have a high ceiling, right? When you, if you think back to some of those guys like a Lance Lenore or Brian Brown, I think was the other guy there. Those guys are both, what, 4'6"? I think even Lance Lenore is a 4'7 guy. I think to me this is Sanjay saying, hey, give me the athletes. Let me work with them. Let's see what I can turn them into. Uh, and that's what Johnson and Guyton both are. They're both sub 4'4 four, four guys with a lot of speed that can maybe make some plays on special teams. I thought Johnson was significantly better. Uh, I just like the way he moved on the field a little bit more. He was a smoother route runner. Uh, Guyton seems like he's still a couple of years away from competing where I could see John Vey in, in 2020 being a fourth or fifth receiver for somebody just because he is so quick in and out of his breaks. But um, again, I just think this is the Cowboys saying, hey, at the bottom end of our roster, let's just swing for the fences here. We don't. I don't, I don't want to mess around with these low-end guys that will never become impact players let's let's see what we can develop here and listen Sanjay throughout his career has he's developed these guys and he's got them to play well so I'm curious to see what he can do with John Vey and Guyton Um, let's go ahead and move on to our last guy today Uh, Clemson offensive tackle Mitch Height I think is how you say his last name Um, I know a lot of people are excited about this because they see a guy from Clemson who was a First team all ACC selection over the past two years. Uh, he was a team captain. He was a consensus All American for the past two years. Um, I was a little underwhelmed from his. T- hey, what did you think of Mitch Hyatt? I, you know, I, I mean, you're you're in this chat that I'm in, so I had secret a secret chat. Nobody else is allowed to be in. <laughs> I, I, I was speaking to John, uh, owning about it too, because I, I struggled with them a little bit. I mean, I, I love offensive line plan. I like watching offensive line tape. Um, but Hyatt to me is, is kind of an enigma because, you know, he played at Clemson. Uh, like you mentioned, his resume is ridiculous. It like really it, is. It, it's, it really, it reads it's like... comparable to like Jonah Williams. Yeah, it's just nuts. And, um, you know, he's he's got a lot of what you were looking for on paper. He's 6'5", he's 300 plus, he's got good feet. You know, he can move and, and, and mirror with guys. Um, you know, he... The interesting thing about him is that he, he went to Clemson. He's played four years, I think, or at least three years. He started 57 games for Clemson. But he's still, you know, and Clemson's obviously, you know, Alabama-level program. Sure. And he still seems to lack strength, like specifically in his lower body. Um, and his technique is such that he doesn't really seem to trust it very much. I mean, you see him chasing some of these quick defensive ends, uh, be, not because he can't get out there, because he does have really good mirroring skills. You know, we, we talk about uh, metrics that um, that 
you know, that are measurements that can be good indicators of, of, of success for mm-hmm. positions, right? The one that we always talk about for offensive linemen is the 20 yard shuttle. He had a great 20 yard shuttle. Yeah, 452. Um, yeah, and, and, and so, you know, this guy has the athleticism to do this, but he doesn't trust his technique enough. And so what happens is he takes a couple shuffles, doesn't believe he's going to get there, and then suddenly he's turning his hips and he's chasing quick guys or he's you know guys will get an inside move and he doesn't have the uh you know the core strength or the or the actually it's really just the base strength the lower body strength to sit and to and to anchor on these guys so um but you know he it's not like this guy doesn't have tools like he's got really good hand strength i think he's well coached in the sense that he understands the game really well Mm -hmm. but he doesn't he doesn't have great technique and he doesn't trust his technique. And that to me, like that concerns me because I I need to know why that's happening for a guy that's been a three-year starter for Clemson. Like, like did he not pick it up? Can he not pick it up? Can he not get any stronger? Or is this a situation where Clemson's specific scheme and their offensive line coach, you know, focuses more on on scheme versus technique. And this guy just did not get very good offensive line technique coaching. Which, when you're talking about the offensive line in college football, it would not surprise me. Yeah, I think it could be a little bit of both. Um, uh, he's never going to be this elite mover like an Andre Diller coming out of the draft, right? He, he's kind of going to no, be one no. of these tough guy maulers who. But he's got he, more he than enough to... movement skills to do it. I think. Right. Right. Um, what I'm more interested in is his fit on the roster because looking at the 2019 roster, there's probably not a spot open for a developmental tackle, right? Because you have, you obviously have your starters in Tyron and Lyle, and then you've got your swing tackle in, in uh, Cameron Fleming. I don't see them carrying four offensive tackles, especially now that you drafted Connor McGovern. So is Hyatt somebody that can stay on a practice squad for a year and then maybe next year handle a swing tackle spot? That, that's going to be what I'm curious to see happening with him. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, at the very least, you know, it's funny because one of the things that they were talking about on the draft show was, um, you know, like what 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 are the opportunities for these guys? Why do they come to the Cowboys for these opportunities and, and that sort of thing? To me, it's pretty clear. I think if you go into training camp with these, you know, with the offensive line group like this, you, first of all, you're going to learn a ton because you're, the guys in front of you are really good. So you're not just it, – it, it's not like the vets are so crappy that you're competing with them as an undrafted free agent tackle. There's <laughs> guys in that a room. Lot of, a lot of good talent, too, on yeah, the other side of the ball. There's a lot of good talent in that room for you to learn from. And there's a lot of good coaching. And on top of that, this is the other thing that people I don't think consider is that – how many snaps in the preseason do you think Tyron Smith's going to take? You know, like how one many snaps? Most, one drive at the very most. Not very many. So the point being, you're going to get a lot of opportunity to A, learn a ton from a lot of good coaching and a lot of good players, and then B, a lot of opportunity to display your skill set on on national television because the Cowboys will get national broadcasts. They, I mean, not that that matters for coaches. They, they're watching these games anyways. But you're going to get a lot of snaps mm-hmm. on tape that all these other coaches and all these other teams are going to see. And if you're not going to get drafted – 
this is a good way for you to pick a situation where you're going to get good coaching, you're going to get good competition, and you're going to get good exposure because you're going to play a lot of different snaps because they're not going to play Tyron Smith and, right. and all these other guys. So I, I just think it's uh, I, I think it's a good situation for these guys. The question is what what's going to happen with Hyatt? You know, is does he develop enough to make the squad? I, I doubt that this year. But if let's say it doesn't work out, he gets the snaps. If he doesn't get picked up by a squad, you're right. Put him on a practice squad, and next year, I mean, I would like to see what happens with this guy again. A year in the tr- in the the training room with this guy could work wonders, and sure. and and you may have a completely different player uh, when you have this level of committed athlete working full time to get stronger, because that's really seemingly technique and strength are his two biggest flaws, I think, and those are both imminently fixable especially so, in one year like you yes just, in, absolutely in the weight room um he's a better player than like dan skipper who the cowboys had a couple years ago remember dan yes, skipper from absolutely. arkansas yeah well skipper got picked up by the lions i think after the cowboys cut him and i think he played it actually i think he started a couple games of guard it won't surprise me if hyatt's hanging around mm-hmm. in the league for a while even if the cowboys release him and uh he has to go somewhere else so uh just an interesting player to kind of follow through training camp in the preseason well, uh, just, rapping, it, yeah, real quick, ahead. it's just really a lot more straightforward than someone like Skipper. Like, this guy oh, looks like yes. an offensive tackle. You know, in developing strength and technique, that's something that these guys obviously have a ton of experience in doing. So it's just a matter of, will he do the work? And it sounds like this guy is just, you know, RKG all the way. So there's right. no doubts about that. So you get him in your team, you get him to work, and then you see what, what you've got in a year. And it, you may have... You know, hit a home run with a guy that could potentially be a starting right tackle down the road. Yeah, I, I'm shocked that seven foot five Dan Skipper didn't work out at the <laughs> All right, wrapping up here really quickly. Of the five guys that we mentioned between Daniel Wise, Westry, Hyatt, John V. Johnson, and Jalen Guyton, which one do you think has the best chance to make uh, the 53 man roster this year? Oof. That's really tough, man. I mean, all the thing about it is that all of them are kind of going into extremely crowded spots right now. Um, I'm going to say wise probably just because I, I think, you know, what he does, uh, you know, he's a pass rusher who I think can come in and give you something of that right away uh, because of his technique is a strength. Um, I, I think that even though that, that area, that, 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 Realm that, that that depth chart is 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 you know it's not really a depth chart because he's competing both in defensive tackle and defensive end depth charts. I, I think that role, I guess, is, is what I'm saying is 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 not you know completely sealed up by Kerry Hyder, and there there could be as far as compared to those other spots, wide receiver, cornerback, and offensive tackle, there may be less numbers at those spots to compete, even though all those spots are really crowded. Uh, and I think Daniel Wise is probably the best player right now of I all agree. those guys. That's the other yeah. thing. It wouldn't shock me at all if Wise makes this roster. And, and actually, it wouldn't surprise me if he's one of those like Traverius Ward guys where he's good enough to make somebody's team that yeah. some, somebody doesn't want to flip him or somebody doesn't want to take a Compete chance and they him. flip up. Yeah. yeah, they flip him. All right. Uh, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time.